<laughs> I'm like so awkward. <laughs> That's okay. So um, we decided on the name of the show, and the show name is Shuffle All. Shuffle All. Excellent. Shuffle All. Welcome to episode one of Shuffle All. And my name is Derek. His I'm name Nick. is Nick. I'm Nick. <laughs> He's Nick. <laughs> and I guess what's what's the plan here? Like, should we? Should we like have a mission statement or something for this? Or should we? What do we do? What What is this about? I don't know. I, I just wanted to talk about music and uh, kind of. I love talking about music, so it's kind of where I wanted to go with it. And I think we've been wanting to do a podcast together for a while now, and we finally came up with this. So I don't know what our mission statement is yet. So the point of this, I guess, or what what we discovered is that. Nick and I talk about music and stuff a lot, and we talk on Twitter a lot, sure. uh, just kind of about music suggestions and what we're listening to. And oh, have you heard this? No, I have. You ever heard that? Um, so we thought, like, hey, that's probably a cool idea for a podcast. Yeah. So here we are, and uh, it's it's the the inaugural episode of Shuffle All. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! So um, I guess I we have some show notes here. Nick, are you looking at the notes? I am. Awesome. Okay. So let's just, let's run on down. Sure. How about some background on ourselves? I mean, the first episode, I've been doing another podcast for a long time. And what I've learned from that is the first handful of episodes are going to be the worst and the most awkward thing <laughs> that you could put out there. So we're just going to have to power through. <laughs> but uh, yeah, give me a little background on yourself there, Nick. Um, so... I don't even know where to begin. Um, well, I guess my background, at least with me, with you, is uh, Derek was my orientation leader at college, despite me being older than him. Um, <laughs> I was a, I was a gentle twenty four years old going into college, and we just kind of clicked because we both liked music and we weren't into the party scene and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I met his uh, your well, I met Beth at that time. If you guys were just boyfriend girlfriend at the time, and. Right, my um, now wife. Yep. You're now wife. Um, and, and we ended up in some classes together, and you were in a band, Forging Reverie, and I liked talking. We talked a little bit about that for a job that I was doing on campus, and then um, I've always loved music. I uh, grew up around music, um, really hit my stride with the Beatles anthology that came out in 1995, and uh from there it was just like a whole new world of music exploded into me uh into my life and i just kind of went from there uh, researching everything i possibly could about music and went to when i went into college i started writing for the the newspaper for the college and did reviews and stuff like that and i play a little bit of guitar not very well but i play uh it's fun it's kind of cathartic uh, so i but I mostly come at it from more of a pop culture background, history, um, historian kind of knowledge of music. And I think you come at it from almost maybe a different kind of perspective. So, yes, I, like Nick said, play guitar. Um, kind of, I guess, more, you could say more full time. I was in a band in college and uh, that band doesn't exist anymore. And I'm in a new band now. And it's just... Um, you know, being in a band is cool. And, and coming, what comes with being in a band is being inundated with an extreme amount of music, like at all times. Right. There's just constant people everywhere. Like, have you heard this? You got to hear the new 
blah 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 what do you mean you've never heard so and so non-stop what so do you, what um, do you mean you don't like that album i tried this album yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so um <laughs> it's i've okay so i'm back way up i've been playing guitar since the eighth grade and since then really sort of focused on music and it was like i like rock music pretty much and it was like oh wait i can i can play that song that i like by that band that i like right hold the phone like it became this very serious thing so um then i think you know i kind of liked rock music but pretty much anything that was just mainstream at the time and now i've definitely branched out more since then and i think in college my my listening my critical listening of music really developed through being in bands with people and and just like meeting new friends and stuff and people who were when i was in school when i was in high school and stuff i was one of the few guitar player people that i knew and we weren't the other people that played an instrument weren't really close and we never really talked about like oh check out this great tone or check out this great uh, bridge part in this song like we never did that so when i went to college it was like just a ton of people like you got to hear the new snare drum sound on the so-and-so record and like that was the thing i was like what what like why why are we caring oh it's really good yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and and doing that kind of um hit the snare drum twice instead of once is the best part yeah. all that all that like really nitpicky stuff and still to this day is really what i like the most i think about the music that i listen to is finding those little things um and then as a guitar player like if i love a song like, oh, i gotta learn how to play this song realizing that a song is not how you expected it to be written uh by way of learning it right. is also like a super fun and exciting thing so anyway i guess that's kind of it um yeah. Yeah. i i just I'm always like trying to find new music and stuff yet also always listening to the same you know, 10 albums. <laughs> same here. Yeah, yeah. It's like how many times can I listen to dark side of the moon today? <laughs> you know, yeah, something. Yeah. how many times like today I was listening to the Beatles white album, but I have a mono copy mm -hmm. of it, which was the last album that they, they mixed in mono because they didn't really care about stereo. And I swear I've heard stuff in it that I've never heard in the white album. And I've been listening to it for like, almost 25 oh, years at this point <laughs> that's the best feeling too is like wait when did that i'd never heard that tambourine before. yeah and i was like, <laughs> like the, the uh, bungalow bill and i'm like when did this like flamenco guitar when where was that that like the last 20 years that i've been listening to this? yeah it's right and like for me like i'm i have a strong classic rock background because i think most guitar players not most many guitar players do because when you you learn guitar early on classic rock is very approachable and easy to digest right so like i have that kind of background but still like i i think one of my top records of all time is futures by jimmy Eat world right yeah. and i s listen to it constantly and sometimes i put it on and i'm like i should really listen to something else <laughs> like i i listen to this all the time and then i get halfway through i'm like you know what fuck it this is so good yeah. like it's just <laughs> listen to that those oohs and ahs in the background they're so great <laughs> and it's funny because like you listen to the guitars on that and you're like well this is kind of like power chords or you know whatever chord like they sound kind of simplistic but like then when you go to look at the tablature or the chord progressions and stuff like that and i'm coming at it as a simplistic guitar player but like you look mm -hmm. at it and you're like whoa 
like this is far more complex than I was expecting it to be. Definitely, definitely. Uh, not to get too technical, but Jimmy World does some stuff where they'll like they'll play in drop D, which is lowering the tuning of one string on the guitar, right. and then capo it, which is uh, raising the note of all six strings on the guitar. And to do that, like it, it kind of like yeah, you can play it like you would any other drop D song. But if you think about it musically, five out of your six strings are a higher note than what they typically are, and one of them is a lower note than right. they typically are. Uh, yeah. Instead of just them five being standard and one being lower, it's a total brain melter. And they tear it up. Yeah, It's those little details. And I know that that kind of detail is not intended even for most fans. I think most people don't know or even care about that. Right. It just sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah, but like you hear that stuff or like late 60s, early 70s, Rolling Stones, Keith Richards dropped his did this old like blues tuning uh, it's like open g or some weird thing like that yeah then, he was like, very very known for open tuning yeah and like he dropped the the the, high, the e string like the bottom yep e string and he was like i'm gonna play it this way so if you, all those songs there's like five strings and this open blues tunings mm -hmm. and stuff and you don't hear it like you kind of don't pay attention to it but then when you try to play it on like a regular six string standard tuning it's like what the heck what am i doing here <laughs> how can yeah it doesn't even make sense yeah so, all right. Um, I think that's a pretty good background. Um, we'll continue, I guess, throughout this series to, I mean, you'll just get to know us, I guess, if yeah. you continue listening. So um, Nick and I are both on Apple Music, and I would encourage you to give us a follow. For sure. Because uh, I use Apple Music daily. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> excuse me, um, and I kind of use my, my library, you know, add to library button as a big to-do list. Same. Pretty much like if someone's like, oh, you got to listen to the new record of, from whoever. I'll just look it up, boom, add it to my library right then. And then when I have a chance, I'll like, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Someone told me to check this out yeah. and I can just put it on. So um, sort of branching off of that, I think we might try to make a playlist of songs that we talk about in each episode. Would that be cool? Yeah. Would people like that? I mean, I'm, I might just like to do that in general. Yeah, same. I mean, I... I have a, a number of playlists. I'm a playlist fanatic. Um, I love the movie High Fidelity. So lists are kind of my <laughs> movie and book. It's like one of my favorite books of all time. But um, like I love lists and creating them. And I've got like lists of songs from the last like four years that I, 2019, 18, 17, 16, of like my favorite songs of that year, um, like summer songs, uh, like that type of stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to, to have people follow along mm -hmm. with whatever we're talking about because that's always fun and feel free to suggest this stuff as well like you can find us on twitter or email or whatever we'll find a way to get that in yeah there. yeah absolutely oh and i get let's rewind a little bit here this podcast is being hosted on anchor.fm and uh you might be familiar with that you might not but if you listen to us in the anchor app that means you can leave us a voicemail which is super super cool and then we can pop that voicemail into the show later on so Look into that if you're uh, if you're thinking that's a cool thing. Yeah. So I just started a new list, a new note, uh, with um, just a quick list of songs that we'll, we'll just add to as we go. Yeah. So, um, I guess we uh, one one thing I thought about doing for this was a little bit of a recurring segment. What did you listen to today? Yeah, I I actually when you when you mentioned that I was like I didn't even think of that, and but, but yet it's like. 
really kind of a common concept. Um, it's like a really <laughs> obvious thing, but sometimes the obvious things don't always get you. Um, so yeah, yes. yeah, I, um, I'm going to jump in on this one. I listened to a really lot of random stuff today, um, but I did kind of, I, I think I'm far more of the pop fanatic than you are. Um, top 40 pop stuff, Taylor Swift and mm. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, today the new Ariana Grande album dropped, I guess the kids say today. And, uh, <laughs> and I, so I was listening to that and I was listening to the podcast switched on pop as well. And they were talking about her new song, seven rings and kind of cultural appropriation and that she's kind of got going on and stealing songs that flow and all this other stuff. And it's a very interesting album to listen to. There's like, most of it's kind of like 90s R&B style vocalings, like Mariah Carey, which is like her main influence and stuff. But there's this one song on there called Ghostin, um, which is about her relationship with rapper Mac Miller. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's just like her voice and some strings. There's no hip hop beats to it. There's nothing. And it actually, awesome. for a, a a singer who tends to not enunciate anything, um, it, and it makes it a little bit more difficult to figure out what she's singing. It's actually a really beautiful song. Um, nice. she, tends to, she tends to go more for the pop stuff and whatever and that's fine I love it but you just get really catchy stuff but this one's just I think because of the the subject matter it, it hits you and it you're listening to it and you're kind of like topical it's it's kind of nice but then when you stop and listen to some of the lyrics you're kind of hits you that you know Mac Miller's dead and um, yeah she's she's kind of this left behind they weren't together at the time but like she's this it's still of, an impact yeah, yeah like this he's a big part of her life for a long time and she's she's kind of like this left behind almost a widow kind of thing and that's kind of where where the song is going that part i really i love that song um then i went to some beatles and listen like i said listened to the white album earlier um and then I was listening to some Paramore on the ride home because I saw you had listened to some Paramore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I listened to uh, their self-titled yeah. last night. Yeah, I was. It's yeah, rocking along in my drive home, belting out "Ain't It Fun," even though I can't sing. <laughs> that's uh, a great song. Like so good. Paramore is one of those bands that's really gone through a lot of changes in their career. Yeah, um, this sort of actually branching off now a little bit. Um, one thing that I absolutely love is when a band has a really interesting arc throughout their whole career. Yeah. So like Paramore is one of those bands. I think we're still witnessing what that arc is. Yeah. But their latest record is absolutely nothing like their first, second, third records. No, and that's actually the album that got me into them. Like I used I mean I've heard the big songs, but there's I love eighties music. So yeah. the whole presence of 80s music and stylings that's kind of existent on after laughter is amazing and that's what got me into them and made me realize that she's got Haley's got a just a killer voice so the oh man it's already happening i can feel it um <laughs> the uh that reminds me so actually i'll save it for when i tell you what i listen to today okay. but um i'll add it to the playlist for this week but there's a band around here called roy juno and uh, I think they're from the greater Boston area. Uh, one or maybe two of their members used to be in a band called Dreamer and Son uh, that, that split up a little while ago. Anyway, Roy Juno has a new song called uh, Glory, I think it's called. Mm. Ch checking intensifies, stand by. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Looking through my phone. It is called Glory. Um, and it's like 
it's a pop masterpiece. Yeah. It's so like it's got that kind of heavily influenced by new Paramore, which is heavily influenced by eighties and nineties pop. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. I'll I'll add it to the list. Okay. I've never, uh, anyway, I've never continue. heard them, so I'm excited to, to They've only got the one single out right now, I, but um I'm so excited to hear it. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. Uh anyway, so continue. <laughs> um so yeah, I there was a bunch of other things, but like that was my main thing was the Ariana Grande album came out. Um, oh, I listened to uh, one of the new tracks from the new Gary Clark Jr. album that's coming out. And I've been aware of Gary Clark Jr. for a while. Um, he's done some songs with John Mayer live and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. Gary Clark and John Mayer, like the two young blues dudes. Um, and which is weird because John Mayer doesn't really do blues anymore. Um, which is a damn shame. It is a damn shame because he's really good at it. His Grateful Dead yeah. stuff that he's doing, the Dead and Company stuff is fantastic. But like just ah, that John Mayer trio album is just, every song is just phenomenal on that. And it's just tight and him and Pino and um, I can't remember yeah. the drummer's name, but they're just like, they're just so uh, Steve Jordan. Uh, Steve Jordan, that's right. Um, they're like super tight and it, he's got that whole Stevie Ray, Double Trouble, Jimi Hendrix. Um, he's got this yes. whole vibe going on. So I kind of miss that, but he's done some, he does blue stuff on the side here and there, mostly when Eric Clapton and Clapton invites him over to the, uh, the Crossroads. Uh, yeah, the Crossroads. So they've yeah, done some of that um, stuff, but Gary Clark Jr.'s new album is, is like really good. It's, he's only got like three songs on Apple Music right now, but they're, they got kind of like some modern kind of drum drumming, like kind of almost synth sounding or, 808s or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I noticed that. But like, I listened to that today based on your recommendation, and I noticed the same thing. Yeah, but it's just like on top of that, it's it's topical. Like, I mean, the whole politics of of being a black man in America and all that stuff. But like, just the blues of it, and it's just it, it almost feels like it's a prime time for blues to make a comeback, um, or at least rock blues rock or something like that. But We'll see what happens with the Gary Clark it's, Jr. Um, Apple Music's been like pushing it a little bit more. It's very uh, powerful. It's mm. a very emotional feel. Um, I originally really heard about him when he did that collaboration with Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, on Sonic Highways. Uh, I haven't heard about that good, one in a good. while. <laughs> yeah, Foo Fighters is one of my other like kind of top bands of all time. I think. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like the last bastion of, of, of rock. They really are. I've, I've talked about this on my other show before, but like rock music is not popular music right now. No, no, not at all. And hip hop is where rock music was. You know, it's... In the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I think it's kind of a shame. Like I do wish more people were like into rock music and into guitars and like were more inspired to like pick up a guitar and, or a bass or drums mm -hmm. and play it. Um, just because it's a little creating anything is important, I think. And yes, two dudes in a MacBook is a way to do that. And if it sounds good, it is good. Right. That's kind of my ongoing mantra. Right. But like something about playing an instrument mechanically is a little bit different. It's, so it's an emotion and a feel to it that, that, that almost a computer almost sometimes can't give you. It's a little more one to one. Yeah. You know, it's a little more direct of a response. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I I recorded a demo for a piece of equipment for my other show which is it's a guitar equipment kind of news show and i had to program the drums and like yeah the demo sounds pretty cool but it's not a guy playing drums right 
and it's just got a little bit of a thing about it you yeah. know i can tell so anyway i'm, I'm digress yeah, but... no and that, that actually kind of brings up an interesting point because i think even even rappers are feeling that because you've now like if you watch snl or youtube clips of like npr's uh tiny desk concerts and stuff like that yeah you see a lot I of hip-hop yeah they're so cool mac miller's is amazing like you've got all the like Giza from wu-tang clans was was on mm-hmm. there it was fantastic like then you've got like jason isbell and stuff like that which is is cool but you're seeing a lot of um hip-hop artists and stuff when they're doing stuff live get away from just turntablism and everything and they're getting a full band with a bassist and a guitar player and drummers and stuff like that and i think yeah. that's, that's kind of cool I, the roots are kind of like i feel like almost the originators of that um i would agree yeah they've they've been live they're all jazz classically trained musicians and all that stuff but i think well, even like um jay-z plays yeah. with a live band yeah i saw um, jay-z live like nine years <laughs> ago now and talk about an absolutely phenomenal concert that dude can control a crowd for two hours and no with no problem whatsoever <laughs> I watched a documentary about um, a Justin Timberlake tour yeah. and he's got a full band too. And it's, they are bringing down the house. Exactly. So anyway, and it's not like Greta, um, Greta Van Fleet would I'll make a quick side note onto that with the whole, like it might bring a few people into playing instruments and stuff like that. But it, I, I know a lot yeah. of people that have gone like, well, they're so like derivative of Led Zeppelin and the doors and stuff like that, that I might as well just listen to the original music, which I don't know if that's detrimental that, or not, but that's a whole I don't other know. can of worms. Yeah. That's another conversation for another day. Cause if yeah. you get me started on Greta Van Fleet, I'll be going nonstop. <laughs> well, maybe, um, maybe we can do an episode on that later on. <laughs> it's, I have very complicated feelings about it. Um, but ultimately, yes, the abbreviated version is that's where I come down on it is that, it just makes me want to listen to Zeppelin. Exactly. But anyway, um, so, okay. So what did you listen what to did today? I, <laughs> what did I listen to today? I listened to a lot of um, American football. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard those guys in a long time. <clears throat> so uh, their third record is coming out soon. Also titled and American this, Football. Isn't it? Yes, all their records are titled American Football. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be Peter Gabriel and after he left Genesis. <laughs> yep, so American Football... Three LP3 is coming out soon. I don't know exactly when, actually, but the single features Haley Williams from Paramore. Oh, that's right. I do remember you mentioning it. And it's a beautiful song. It's so good. And I listened to... They have two tracks out from that record, and I listened to those today a couple of times, and then I, I went back and listened to their previous record. Adding it to the list. <laughs> um, so I listened to that today. What else? I listened to the Gary Clark Jr. stuff that you mentioned. Yeah. And then uh, I am trying to use Apple Music's browse feature more. And I did listen to that um, rock playlist oh, that yeah. Apple produces. Um, that oddly changed its name from the A-list. Which changed its name. Yeah. And I also noticed it changed kind of away from rock a, a few times. Hmm. Which was very interesting. I don't think there's any shortage of places for pop music right. to to shine, um, especially so, considering their tagline for it is just in case anyone needed reminding. Rock is alive and well. Like I'm looking at it right now, and it's like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not if you kind of go down a pop route. <laughs> right, and like, yes, pop literally just means popular. Right, I know that Metallica is pop. Like, let's be real. You're right, but. Um, 
it was just a little like uh no this is not this is not rock as i define it not as like i know that's like a loose thing anyway but it's not rock like really what i'm looking for here right and i had i had to tell it i dislike this or i had to skip a few songs and i don't know i just feel like that play this used to be a lot better but yeah whatever yeah oh, so yeah. um it even says formally the a-list rock i don't know why oh, it they, does yeah i just looked at it i don't know why they changed the name of it but whatever well that's interesting yeah considering everything else huh. like a-list pop a-list hip-hop a-list electronica like all this stuff so hmm. weird anyway so while i was making dinner i listened uh to the hark ep from trove trove is a band uh that is i'm, I'm gonna say they're local because like half of them are from the northeast and the other half are from the northwest yeah. <laughs> so they did this like they they like weirdly got together uh, in what must have been a very complicated way <laughs> to, to put this really like cool in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> they put this really cool EP together. I haven't heard in a while, so I, I listened to that. Um, gosh, what else did I listen to? I can't really remember right now. Add that to the library. See that um, I guess I, I definitely know that yesterday I listened to the new Asteroid album. I have no idea who that is, so that's interesting. Uh, I'll add their stuff as well, Astronoid. They're also from this greater New England area. Um, through like a friend of a friend, I know a member. I don't know him. I just, you know. Know of him, kind of. Know of him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I guess now, I, since I can't exactly remember what I listened to all day, um, I'll just move right into what is in my heavy rotations yeah. at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolute top of that list is the new Valley Heart album. Uh, Valley Heart is a band from around here. They're like I, it's I do really like all the mainstream rock and stuff, Foo Fighters and you know Jimmy World and those kinds of bands. However, like I just find myself discovering music from much smaller artists and really falling for it. So Valley Heart is a band from Salem, Mass. And this, this LP they put out, a friend of mine produced it and engineered it. And it's, it's wonderful. It is, I, I listen to it at work and I find myself zoning out and just being completely consumed <laughs> by it. It's, like, I don't know these people personally, but I, uh, before I continue to like, back up, I guess, I typically don't pay attention to lyrics Right. right away i think it's because i'm a guitar player right i often listen to uh riffs and syncopation and i listen to the melody and the the syllables how how the words are spoken but i don't really pick up on what's being said for quite a while so i'm trying to be better about that so anyway on this valley heart record it's called everyone i've ever loved and all the songs are like like you can tell that this guy is really torn on losing his faith mm. and it's super super interesting yeah, um, i'm looking at some of the the track lists like heaven and hell friends in the foyer agnosia like dissolve communion like it's definitely good i can just yeah. tell just by the song titles that there's something going on here <laughs> it's very powerful yeah. but it's not like they're not sad songs necessarily they're like this kind of awakening that this guy's like taking ownership over his own life but also like questioning everything he knew right and questioning and, and questioning everyone he's ever loved and 
that's tough. Like it's heavy. Yeah. Um, but it lyrically, it's wonderful. Sonically, it's wonderful. The songs are so catchy and like great hooks and stuff like that. Um, I'm also listening to a lot of Julian Baker when I need to just feel the feels. Right. Because she's so sad and wonderful. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like everybody was like, oh, well, Adele's really sad. I'm like, yeah, I want to be like, listen to Julian Baker. You, you, you introduced yeah. me to her. And I'm like, like, think of Adele yeah. on like downers. Like, it's just, oh man. But it's so, but beautiful. like, really, like everything is just so it's very beautifully cathartic. Produced. Yeah. It just beautifully yeah, produced um... and her voice is just killer. Yeah, she's like 23 or 24 or something and just crushing it. Yeah. Um, there's an audio tree session that she did. Um, and she did the track Go Home, which is on that first first EP, I think she did. Yeah. Uh, the EP was called Sprained Ankle. Oh, that's nine tracks. That's an album. Yeah. <laughs> so it she did Some artists will define it as an EP. Who knows? <clears throat> yeah, so she did Go Home, which is the closing track. And she's changing lyrics to these songs as they age which i think is super interesting That's really and you can cool. tell their lyrics that are like about things in her life that have maybe changed since she wrote that song right and it's those little details that i just absolutely love um and then i guess i can keep going on what's in heavy rotation but the last thing that i'm listening to nonstop is gunship have, gunship. have you heard gunship i have not gunship is like if if the Stranger Things soundtrack was arranged in like a rock band format, like as in verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, right? Um, with like a little bit of Nine Inch Nails and like a Ooh. little bit of, it's fucking awesome. Oh, it's sounds, it's sounds just like the best. It's like kind of vapor wavy, kind of like arcade and neon, but in a song. And it's it doesn't it's eighties and nineties inspired but it's produced and engineered like a record from 2019. So it's big, it's punchy and powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I'm looking at the cover art and it's got like this, like almost, I want to say it's like if the zombies met Baywatch, <laughs> like the album yeah, cover, yeah. like the gunship loaf of like the, the, the font that they use kind of reminds me of the old Baywatch font and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. And like, it's just got like, really great uh synths and stuff really rich sounds um that just you want to listen to it like driving around your city at night in the rain you know like (laughs) it's just got that that kind of great like there's there's something kind of like movie like about Mm. it where it feels like you're just like I'm a, I'm a cool guy in a cool movie now. You know? <laughs> well, it's got a track called Artemis and Parzival, and they were the two characters from yeah. um, that uh, Ready, uh, Player, Ready Player One. One. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of got like a video game theme. The whole thing is all about eight, like an ode to the 80s. So just that t- track title alone, if I knew nothing about this, just based on what you said, like I would look at that and be like, There's, they're, 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 they're kind of geeks about this stuff. They're so. kind of geeks. I don't think they're from the US. Let me look it up. Um, I think it might be from like sweden i'm oh, sorry they're british i don't know where i got that from <laughs> i don't know but like i feel like a lot of the, the like more interesting music is definitely not coming from america right now like i love i mean as much as i love pop music and and whatnot but like the cool like rock heavy rock stuff like 
um, like Tosca. Yeah, Royal Blood and stuff like that. They're all are they are they British or are they not? I can never remember. If Royal, Royal Blood, yeah, they are. Yeah, like I feel like it's a lot of it's just coming from. There's that band you introduced me to today. Um, oh, uh, Kaleo. Yeah, it, like not from America. Like I feel like other countries. They've got a song on their record that's not even in English. Yeah. Well, I listened to this album. Um, I did. God, you'll have to pardon me for a second because I gotta find it, but um, it's not something I would normally listen to. But I've been like absolutely obsessed with it. It's uh, Kikaku Moyo. They're a Japanese psychedelic rock band, and it's like none of it's in English. It's got electron electric sitar like but like a lot of what you would have heard late 60s like this just big guitar oh, kind cool. of black sabbath kind of sounding guitars and what is it called again uh, i want to write it down kigaku moyo k-i-k-a-g-a-k-u space m-o-y-o and mariana cool, temple okay. masana temples was their album from last year and it's just it's so good if, especially if you like just kind of different kind of stuff and I love psych rock. As I'm a dead fanatic, but like they, uh, <laughs> it's it's like early dead pre them kind of losing distortion. Um, but just really talented musicians. You can find some of their stuff on YouTube and whatnot. And just they're like going back to the Greta Van Fleet thing. But they're they're it's kind of that that throwback. But they're not trying too hard. Like, it's just kind of seems yeah. natural to them. Like, it's not, oh, I'm going to wear outrageous clothes because Robert Plant would have worn outrageous clothes kind of thing. It's, I'm wearing this because this is comfortable and this is what I kind of feel. So there's, like, this authenticity to it. But they're just really – they're one of those bands that's been kind of in heavy rotation for me. Awesome. Um, all right. So sort of we can just, like, segue right into this. I'm going to borrow this question from another podcast that I listen to. It's another guitar and gear thing. Um what is a band that you could listen to all damn day and not get tired of? <laughs> like if, if you had to listen to, like say their example was like, oh, it's on the radio at work and you don't have a choice that it's playing or not. Um, what is what is a band that you could just front to back everything and not get tired of it? It's, it's going to sound kind of cheesy, but the Beach Boys for me. Um, I love the Beatles. They're my absolute favorite band, but the Beach Boys, because you've got two completely different eras with the Beach. Actually, you've got three, basically. You've got the surf rock era, um, which is really interesting in of itself when they're just kind of figuring themselves out, surfing USA, surfing Safari, all that stuff. And then Brian Wilson segues into this more like art rock stuff with Pet Sounds and Smile, aka Smiley Smile, when he after he had his mental breakdown and couldn't finish the album. Um, but after that, they go into this like psych rock thing with, and then by the seventies, like they're doing um, like yacht rock with like disco influences <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So it's like this whole. And after that, they kind of suck, and they became the the um, the band that everybody knows now, like a nostalgia band and stuff like that. But there's there's so right. much to them, and I've been doing a deep dive on them heavily lately, and some of the lyrics are absolutely cringy like there's <laughs> <laughs> like and you think it like oh cringy is in 
like oh the the rhyming scheme or whatever no the lyrical content because you said that you were you listen more for like the instrumentation and stuff and i do that as well yeah i'm trying to be better about it yeah yeah. but i go for like historically i go for the lyrics um i think that might be the english major in me the writer in me um well i mean I was. I, I know, but I, I never remember. <laughs> but I was a guitar player first, right? Um, and yeah. I was like, I was just the whole writer instinct in me. I always focused more on writing lyrics than I did writing music or anything like that. Um, the poet, poetry aspect, and everything. But there's like some super cringy lyrics that today I don't think. Actually, I don't think I know that they would not be like okay. They're like just some weird stuff and that's that's more in their later years so it's like they're in their 30s and 40s and talking about like teenage girls still and it gets kind of weird um but there's still prior to that there's sunflower um surfs up um holland um just all these really kind of cool albums and they're short they're like 28 38 minutes long um so mm-hmm. that's the band if i have to listen to something all day and i've done it at work recently um, I did David Bowie a little bit the other day. Bowie has so many eras that it, 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 you actually have yeah, to. Yeah, it's you really it's have like to, a different artist. Yeah, yeah, and you have to do. Wow, that was weird. Um, <laughs> you have to do deep dives, <laughs> not just on like eras with him. You have to do deep dives just on albums with him because he kind of jumps around in styles just in albums. So, it's, yeah, his is even more heavier. But if I just had something I needed to listen to all day, that. I would not get bored of whatsoever. It would be the Beach Boys. I mean, I even saw Brian Wilson perform Pet Sounds back in like 2000. So it's nice. kind of like one of my favorite albums and performances, like all of it, that the Beach Boys are kind of influence, influential to me. Awesome. How about you? For me, it would be, it's a toss up between two bands, kind of depending on the day. Mm. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Thrice. Mm. And Thrice is a band i got into them in college uh they they're I, I think they have one of the most impressive and easily my favorite like career path in modern rock music like every album like their, their more recent albums the last couple have had a very similar uh style but every album has been a major progression right and it sounds like like, yeah, it's the same band. You can definitely tell it's Thrice, but it is the perfect um, the perfect next step for that band. Right. And they always do, like, an amazing job. So way back when, you know, Artists in the Ambulance era, very, like, heavy, post-hardcore, like, chuggy riffs, mosh pits, all of it. <laughs> you, you get into, like, the 2000s, it must have been seven or eight, um, and the Alchemy Index comes out. They've got a whole side of that record these two eps that are really stripped down and mellow and like they sound like wood and wire and they sound like acoustic floorboard upright piano kind of very very different right um the the alchemy index is a really cool project because they did four eps released it as a double album and it was like um fire uh was it fire i don't know the order other than fire is first fire air earth and water right and so the fire songs are extremely aggressive very loud and very uh distorted guitar heavy massive riffs and drums very like like fire it's intense right the water ones are way more 
uh, not slow necessarily, but they're they're slowed down, sort of energy wise. They're fluid and they are a little more. Uh, I don't know, like they, they they can still crash and stuff, but they have this like a little more artistic feel to them, a little less just like let's be in your face. And then you know you get into earth and air, and they're just like much more they sound like they were recorded on the forest floor, you know, like <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're so cool. Um, I love when so, they do concepts like that, like deer hunter and all their, that was their, okay. So that was my next one is that. the deer hunter is the other band of this two band yeah. list. And um, the deer hunter D E A R it'll be in the playlist um, if you're interested, but the deer hunter deer hunter. And then there's like the deer hunter, like there's two different right. bands. Like with it. <laughs> I've seen them so many times and they're so freaking good. They basically they're the concept album kings at this point, I think, because they've got a five uh series essentially. Um act 1, you know, starts out establishes this character and establishes these like songwriting motifs basically. Yeah. Uh, act two, the story continues, the riffs continue. You know, acts one, two, and three happened uh, early in their career. Then they took a break and did The Color Spectrum, which is a series of nine EPs that are each four tracks. And much like the Alchemy Index from Thrice, they go through the colors instead of the elements. So it's, mm. you know, black, red, orange, yellow, you know, all the way through to white. That's so cool. Um, and the, the songs have that feel. So black, the songs are dark. They're heavy. They're sludgy. You know, yeah. red, they're still aggressive, but they're a little more up-tempo and they've got a little different sound. Then you get into, like, orange, and we're, like, Summer of Love 60s, like, riff rock. Yeah. And yellow is, like, acoustic, you know, flower power uh, singer-songwriter style. White is, I think, maybe the most, like organic deer hunter sound across that series mm. they've got after that one standalone standard record called migrant and then acts four and five came out inside of a year of each other and they each have like you know over 16 or 17 tracks they're crazy long records yeah it's like i remember i've slowly been making my way through them over the like past few years but like they're not minimal undertakings these are big records. absolutely not Big records and very aside from the color spectrum and migrant, the act series X one through five are extremely theatrical. Mm. It's like if you took like musical theater and applied it to a rock band, exactly, but n not in like a tacky way. Oh, it's so fucking good! It's so good, <laughs> yeah. Like, and that, that kind of brings up, I mean, I think if you were going to say that there was, they probably are the concept kings at this point, but they're they're probably maybe kind of trailing behind them is Coheed and Cambria, but like they've got that whole sci-fi concept thing that's been mm -hmm. sprawling for the last 15 years, but. Which... And Coheed's definitely a bigger band. Yeah. Like popularity wise. Which is kind of a shame. I love Coheed and all that stuff, but the deer hunter really deserve to be much, much bigger than they are. The last time I saw the deer hunter, they opened for Coheed. Makes sense. It does. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the deer hunter is one of those bands you need to see as the headliner, I think they deserve and warrant the amount of time required for a headliner. Right. Totally massive. They, I saw them once in Boston. They played the longest set I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. 
Ugh. Anyway, okay. That's, yeah, that's what I could listen to all damn day and not yeah. get tired of. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Like, there's times where I, I work, I mean, we both work in kind of cubicles and stuff like that, so um, yeah. we, we've got to find some way to kind of ease the monotony of what we do for our jobs or kind of just go crazy sitting in our cubicles so we both listen to a lot of music but there's some times where i don't know if it's the same for you where we go through i'll go through like i'll listen to this 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 and this and it's all like different stuff throughout the day and then there's time frames where i'm just like i want to listen to every album by this artist and that's all i do for like two or three days straight exactly yeah it'll catch me off guard i'll be like oh my god like somehow you know, science from Incubus will come into my brain. And I'm mm. like, I need nothing more than I need that record right now. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you know, well, it's like 15 times later and you're like, well, I'm still, I'm going to play this for the 16th time today because I need <laughs> to hear this album. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like, I don't, I don't listen to albums on repeat the same day very often. Right. Unless it's like brand new from the artist, but I'll be like, all right, after science, here we go. Yeah. Make yourself hit me with it. <laughs> and I just, I'll go, that's how I end up in a deep dive. And I'm like, ah, it's just so interesting. And I typically, I don't know if you do this, but um, most times if I'm doing a deep dive on an artist, I'll go from the beginning to the end or to current or whatever we're at. Right. If you, have you ever done it backwards? I've never done it backwards. Well, I, I correct myself. It's I did pretty it with, cool. the, with the Beatles. The very first, because I'd seen the anthology when I, I was like 12 when it came out um, in ni- 1995. I, I kept hearing A Beatles C on the on AB, on ABC, and I kept getting annoyed with it, thinking it was cheesy. And then I watched the anthology and fell in love with the band. But so it had that. But I the first album I bought from them was Let It Be, which is canonically not the last album that they recorded, but it was the last album that was released. So it's was like the end so you kind of heard that so i and then i kind of went almost backwards i did that with star wars which was stupid of me but i watched <laughs> i watched return of the jedi empire and then the original which made no sense um and so it's really <laughs> confused <laughs> yeah i'm like really confused um but so i've never like fully done it but that was that was probably the closest i've gotten to going backwards i usually go like oh i'll listen to um this album from this era, this album from that era. I don't generally go too in order. And although I did it with Bowie the other day, I went from station, um, Young Americans to Station to Station to Low. And that's such a big jump in those three albums because he's Young Americans is his like R&B album. Station to Station is like this transitional. There's a couple of R&B tracks, but he's really getting into German kraut rock and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like this electronic stuff. And then Lowe is like the, the start of his Berlin trilogy. And he's, he's, it's like super depressing, but there's like this really cool guitar stuff that's going on and it's kind of electronic, but kind of not. So that's probably the only time I've really gone through like right in a row, but I don't really go backwards. Nice. Well, I think um, I'm closing in on 48 minutes here. Yeah. And I think this definitely, it was, podcasting is always rough at first, but I think we right. uh, started to feel pretty good when we yeah. started talking about these things. Um, yeah. I think we're off to a great start. And I think um, since we're going to come up on a limit of our recording time here, we, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I've got a playlist of 21 tracks that I'm going to put together. Uh, and 
That will be on Apple Music. I'll find a way. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. If not, we'll just list the songs in the show notes. Right. Uh, and then you can maybe make your own playlist or something. I'm, I have to look into all of that still. Yeah. We kind of decided we were going to start this podcast like this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, We've been talking about uh, doing a podcast for like a year now, and we finally yep, settled yep. On, on this whole concept this week. Well, what's so. funny is my other podcast is called The Tone Control, if you're interested in guitar things. Mm. Uh, my co-host... Uh, his name is Justin. He used to play in my band and we would always talk about guitar gear and stuff at practice and just around and we'd hang out and talk about new guitars, new pedals and stuff. And then his wife got a job offer uh, and they moved to Cincinnati. And like right after they moved they were we were like, well, let's, we should start it now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like once we're no longer in the same place, we, that's, that's the right time to start a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but thankfully the so, internet allows it to happen now. So, Right, exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, again, thanks for checking out the inaugural episode, the, the introductory episode of Shuffle All. Yes. Um, the, the playlist is going to be in the order of uh, how we talked about it. So feel free to shuffle all, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, unfortunately, when I think I stop recording here, it's gonna we're going to hang up our call. I think so. So um, I think this went really well. Yeah, same. And we will iron out some of the details, and hopefully we'll see you in episode two. Sounds good. Cool. See you All right, man. See you. See you, dude. Later.